being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four-barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, this is KLZ 560 Drive Radio. Myself, Steve Horvath, Charlie Grimes, your engineer, Larry Unger, answering phones. If you're listening on Sunday, thank you. You cannot call, but you can text us. The text line 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. And I've had a few text messages come in basically talking about how cold it is. So it's actually warmer here than it is in Minnesota. So thank you for the text from Minnesota, and we're envious because you have like 30-degree weather, and we don't. Um, somebody else just mentioned, too, real quick, can you tell me who makes a catalytic converter lock? Uh, both uh, Morgan County Napa stores have never heard of it. No, this isn't something you're most likely going to buy at Napa, but if you just go to Google or whatever search engine you use and type in catalytic converter locks, you will get a plethora of choices anywhere from you know, 160, 70 bucks, all the way up to $300, depending upon how you want to do the lock. And uh, yeah, but they're they're definitely available. There are companies that actually uh, specialize in, believe it or not, catalytic converter anti-theft devices. Hmm. So there are folks that, that some of think? them make a steel plate that go underneath the undercarriage of the car where you can't even see the catalytic converter. Again, there, there's all sorts of ways that this can be done. Just go look it up, but you can typically, you know, not typically, you can Google catalytic converter locks, and I'll respond to this text message directly, but if you're still listening, that's that's how you do it. All right, somebody else texted, just bought a 2017 Silverado half-ton with the 5.3 engine, uh, getting an engine oil low warning light, but the dipstick shows full, and the oil pressure reads good in the middle. Oil Life says it's... 96% left. Any thoughts on what's going on? Yeah, there's a sensor in the uh, oil pan that is most likely, it actually reminds me of the float in your toilet. Okay. And it most likely that is stuck down, something like that, what I'm thinking. Okay. Relatively easy to pull that out, and uh, I would make sure it's free and stuff. And it isn't a very expensive part okay. uh, right. to replace. That's where I would go first. All right. Somebody else said uh, comments on the key fob. We have another one of those coming up, by the way. If the battery is dead, push the push to start button with the key fob on the button. By the way, that's how you do these. It's a fail safe. So you so you can actually get the vehicle started. And real quick, by the way, that's not the same for every vehicle. Some work that way. Some don't. That is on specific vehicles. Here's what you need to do. Read your owner's (laughs) manual on your particular vehicle to determine what you need to do. Because, for example, on my Chevy Bolt, there's actually a little part inside of the console that you remove a little part of the console, and there's a little tray down at the bottom of the console. You lay the key fob on top of that part, and it's even got an indentation for the key fob to sit right there, and then the vehicle will fire up. So every one of these works a little differently. In some cases, yes, you can put the fob right on top of the push-to-start button, and it will fire up. 
but every vehicle is a little different. So research that in your owner's manual, and it will tell you if you're having a problem with the fob, how you can actually start the vehicle. But no, thanks for the tip. I should have mentioned that earlier, too, that there's actually a way to make that happen as well. Patrick, you're up next. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, in regards in regards to the key fob, uh, she said when she put her key in the ignition and turned it on, she was getting no lights whatsoever. Um, I was thinking simple, back to basics, a poor battery connection. No, believe it or not, if the if the pass lock system is not activated, nothing will come on. That's their way of deterring theft. And if she then got it started later with you know what she did with replacing battery and so on, I can almost guarantee you on a 2018, it's a key fob. But that's for a Ford. Wow. That's on a Ford. That's on that's, a Ford. A Chevy may be totally that's different. That's right. They're all and different. A, but a, a Ford has a pass lock system where literally it will not let anything fire up whatsoever. It's the way they do theft deterrent. Interesting. Okay. Well, and the most ridiculous thing I've heard vehicle related, if you are jump starting a vehicle, you are supposed to turn on all your lights so it makes more power. Ah, there <laughs> we go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Get that juice rolling, Patrick. <laughs> you guys have a wonderful. That's hilarious. No, Patrick, thank you. And uh, and you know to you know to back up what Patrick just said on any vehicle, even on one that's a 2018. Yes, make sure that we've got everything. You know, no corrosion on the battery, no bad battery cables. The battery itself isn't bad. But when in this particular case, when she put batteries in and things fired back up, and on a Ford, that's. Very but when you were talking about it initially, I was thinking of battery too, and and uh, but I did not realize it did that. Yes, on the, that twenty eighteen, the, the pass lock is is again. Every, every vehicle is a little different, and like I said earlier, this is where really reading the owner's manual does come important, folks, because every vehicle, when it comes to how the key fob works, and I mean every vehicle, because a particular vehicle in a line might be different than the, you know, one model may be different Mm -hmm. even than another model. So you really need to read the owner's manual and be specific because even each car company can do it differently inside the car line. So read the owner's manual to be sure how that fob works, activates the the theft deterrent system and so on. That's one thing we don't, we don't do. We don't read our owner's manual. No, none of us do. None of us do. That is a... I remember uh, buying an 81 Jeep and my brother saying, Read this owner's manual for cover right, front to, to back, front to back, and learn everything. And and it really is true. It, oh, and, and you know it what? Is. There's lots of things in there that if you don't read it, you you don't, you don't even know. know we're there. So, Larry and Littleton, you're next. Yes, we own a '96 Ford Windstar. Okay, it's got about two hundred and forty thousand miles on it. It runs great. But a few years, oh, a year ago, we were in Arizona on a kind of a back but paved road, and that uh, we were driving along pretty sharp curve we're doing about 45 or 50 miles an hour run into a 20 or 30 rocks laying on the road which were some of them two two and a half feet tall mm-hmm. oh, oh goodness wow yeah bounced wow. over that and the car was still running everything and we're out in the middle of nowhere so i didn't we just kept on going and the car has run ever since but i took it in for an alignment the other day and if they tell me the rear axle on that thing has been bent up and if that means they it's out of alignment yep. on one of the wheels yep and if they can't align the car makes the sense back, they can the front makes total sense is there anywhere around is there a frame straightening shop or somebody that can straighten that up without removing and replacing that thing? i think i think you're still better off to replace you could you could get a frame shop but i think you're still better off to replace because once you've bent something 
to straighten it back, you're not doing so good. And I th- it actually would be less money, I think. I think you're By the right. time you could rack time and everything. And the only body that would even be able to become remotely close to doing that would be a collision center with a frame machine where they could put it on there and do But But I, I think Steve's right. By the time you go through all of that, uh, pay to have it done and, and really not have any guarantee it's going to stay straight, uh, I'd replace it. I'm, you know, on that, I'm sure I could pick up a used different rear, not differential, but rear axle. You know, instead of having to buy a right. new one. I was thinking that probably could have cost me more to get that replaced than it would be the car is worth. Oh, well, <laughs> well, well, worth is always a, a subjective yeah, thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're probably right, Larry, but on the same token, what's the, you know, what does the, what does the vehicle bring you back in value if it's in good working condition? Yeah. That's how you have to look at it. Okay. I appreciate it. You're oh, very welcome, have, Larry. I, Thank you. I have one comment well, on sure. the uh, silly uh, sure. statements. Several years ago, well, a lot of years ago, we were in Mexico on a vacation, and at uh, most times we drove during the day, but sometimes we'd drive during the night, and we'd run across cars running down the road and trucks running down the road with no lights on. And I couldn't figure that out. If I won, I just said, well, the guy's an idiot. But number two or three or 20, I finally asked uh, what they, why they ran down the highway with no lights. And if they said, well, you get better mileage. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> different countries think differently, Larry. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I'm, I'm saying, but it's another silly remark. That's another, That just real quick, and I have not yet figured this out, but Mexico is another country or is a country where they love their hazards. I don't care what's going on. If they slow down any way, shape, or form, They've got hazards on. If they hit a construction zone, they put the hazards on. I've never seen a country where they use hazards more than they do there. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for your Thanks, help. Larry. Appreciate it. And I, yeah, you're not going to get much. The mileage isn't going to change. <laughs> Bill and Boulder, you're next. What's going on, sir? Hey, good morning, John. How are you doing? Good, sir. Thanks. Cool. Hey, I've got kind of a like a, a keep it or sell it uh, general question okay. for you on uh so I'm running a, a 2006 4Runner, which is a fantastic truck. Um, I still have payments on it. Um, it's got about 160,000 on it, I guess. Uh, doesn't miss a beat. There's, there's, it doesn't need anything right now. Knock wood. Um, and it gets decent gas mileage for what it is. It's V6, uh, so timing chain, so I don't have to worry about a belt. Um, but I was just kind of curious. What are your thoughts on that in general? Should I, you know, bite the bullet and maybe get something newer? or even brand new. Um, I guess I'm kind of just like worried about what's, you know, if something may come up and I'm kind of running the gamut on that. Yeah. I mean, you're uh, getting up in miles. I mean, you are at that, I mean, really you are at a crossroads of making a decision at 160. I mean, will that vehicle run 300? Yeah. I've seen forerunners do it all day long, but you will spend money to get it to that 300 to your point a moment ago, even, you know, timing chains and just overall maintenance. Yes. There's going to be things that you're going to need to do to get to that, you know, that 300 K mark, you know, double the mileage that you have now. I think really it would come down for me personally more to, you know, what are current payments versus if you traded or sold that vehicle and went and bought something else, what would your payments be if you did that? How long do you want to make payments? Are you okay making payments? I mean, this really comes down more to you and, you know, financially speaking, what do you want to do? More, more that, more that argument than than a, a mechanical argument. Yes, yeah. I mean the vehicle will run to three hundred. It's more of what do you want out of a vehicle? And there's no doubt that the the vehicles of today versus even two thousand six are in much better 
uh, you know, quality-wise, uh, even longevity, a cost of ownership. I mean, all of that is much better with a newer vehicle than it's going to be on the 06. But on the same token, if the 06 only has, you know, X amount of payments left and then you own it, those are things you have to throw into the mix. Gotcha. Because no, I, I can't sense. answer that part of it. That, I don't that's know. A, that's a good car, right. though. They are well. Yeah, the, great? the plus side yeah, of that, that car, thing. it will bring top dollar right now because it, there's a gazillion people out there wanting it. Yeah. So that's the plus you have really? with that okay. vehicle right now is it's very desirable. So that yeah, gives you more money to trade in. Yeah, your money. That's right. Your money to go trade. If there's any kind of incentives on new cars versus that car being probably at, I don't want to say all time high, but it is up there right now on value from what it was even a year ago, Bill. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah I mean, as far as trade value goes, it's way up there. I mean, I don't know, well, you think six, seven, eight thousand or easy. more? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, sure. I, I, that one would would might even bring ten or above, Bill, if it's really clean. Yeah, it is. It's super clean. It's a sport edition. Uh, you would you, know, you you'll get you'll get really good money out of that if you decide yeah. to do something with it. That's good to know. And I sought it out specifically this specific model. You know, that generation, at least, because oh, yeah. I think they were actually made in the Lexus plant. It's just, there's still not a rattle yeah. or anything from the dash. or It's, like, brand new, and it's fantastic. Vehicle. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, uh, I just really quick just did a cargurus.com search, and, yeah, uh-huh. my, my 10K price is really? not far off for a really nice, clean one, because that's that's what you're going to pay for that kind of mileage and that kind of a, a clean car. You're, you're 10 to 11 grand on cargurus. Yeah, and you'll have people beating your door That's down. That's right, yeah, and, and in Colorado, you'll sell yeah. that tomorrow. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's good to know. That's good to know. It's way beyond, I mean, it's way more capable than anything I'm ever going to do with it. Yep. You know, I'm not going to go Rubicon yeah. Trail with this thing. Well, and, that's, you know, and again, that's what you'd have to look at it. as far as, you know, what do you even replace it with? What works best for you right now in your life? You know, again, you, th- these mm-hmm. are all factors you just have to throw in. But knowing that's a vehicle that people desire because it is a vehicle that will run 300K. Right. Right, and yeah, kind of that's where I'm at in it, too, in its current state. It's in really good shape and everything else, and yeah. you know, it's probably, like you said, it at the prime of its trade-in value as well, too. It is. So it's just been weighing on my mind and those, those considerations lately. Always okay, cheapest, though. That. Keep this in mind. It's always cheapest to keep driving what you own, period. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a very good action to, to go by. And then kind of coming back to, like, uh, weird car statements and then uh, the whole headlight issue that you know, I'm going to tie both of them together and that the uh, Kind of that very uh, uh, understated uh, comic, Stephen Wright, he always posited these weird questions. And one of them I remember that he said was, what if you're traveling the speed of light and you turn on your headlights? Will anything happen? It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure it was. was hilarious. It's a great, it's a great question. Yep. Yeah, it's so funny. Good one. Anyhow, thanks again. No, I Bill, thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Great. We need to take a break, right, or right to Charlie, we're up against a break. We'll be right back, guys. Conrad, Craig, hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Start the new year right by taking advantage of Geno's Napa Legend and AAA Premium Battery Sale. Did you know car batteries typically last just three to five years? There is no reason to get stuck with a bad battery when you can stop in at Geno's for a free battery check. And while you're there, you can take advantage of Geno's free multi-point inspection. We'll evaluate your vehicle looking at your fluid levels, belts, hoses, and filters. Geno's is also having a sale on genuine Napa starters and alternators. We are big believers in catching problems before they start, which is why we do our best to make your life easier by offering loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Don't miss a beat this year. Geno's is continuing to service Larry's Automotive customers through Napa Auto Care, warranting any work you may have had done before Larry's closed. 
Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bulls and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at chinosautoservice.com. That's Chinos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. KLZ's personal injury attorney continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Conrad, you're up, sir. I have two for you today, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Let's show. hear it. Great show today. The first one was, as this uh, gal was with my girlfriend back when I was, like, in, just out of high school. And she wanted me to check her oil. She had an AMC Gremlin, okay? <laughs> and so, yeah, I'll, I'll do that for you. So I pop the hood open. There's no air cleaner on the carburetor. And I go, why are you driving this around with, with no air cleaner on there? Well, it won't run without this without that off of there, and I, took, and I looked, and she wears a filter, it's in the trunk, or in the back, I look, it's just packed full of crap, I said, that's why it won't, right, <laughs> she's driving around with no air cleaner, sucking dirt into her engine, I said, you got to ruin the engine doing that, wow, okay. now here's, here's the other one, and this buddy in high school, you know, I went to school, in high school in the late 70s, he just got this almost brand new Pontiac Grand Prix, really beautiful car, 400 engine, and we were cruising around it one day, and he gets out, and we were stopping, he goes out and goes back by the tailpipe, and you know, I mean, what the heck's going on? So I go back there, and he's back there sniffing the exhaust pipe. And I go, what are you doing, man? And it, you know, back in those days, that's when catalytic converters first came out. You know, this, this smells good, and I get a little buzz off of it. Oh, my yeah, word. Poison, you know that? <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, oh, what right. a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> he's no longer with us, so rest oh, in peace. Oh. He, he, had, he had a heart attack. Um, he a guy, yeah, sorry. All right. That's, that's Conrad, <laughs> thanks, man. Good Appreciate show. the stories. Very good. Uh, lines open, 303-477-5600. Craig and Wheat Ridge, you're up, sir. 
Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Hey, do you ever get the uh, the impression or the feeling that when you get out on the roads, you just want to turn around and come home because of the way people are driving right now? Have they ever driven worse than they are at, at present day? No, they have not. And I wonder that. I mean, I put a lot of miles on, as you know, like you, and you know, really, I'm on the road six days a week. And yes, there are times when I get you know to wherever I'm going, here or home, and I ask myself, how do these people? even make it from A to B? Because I, I honestly, Craig, I don't know. I really don't. Well, well, just as a, a warning, I, I, that elevated portion of I-70, I ran through a little snow squall, and as cold as the temperature is right now, with just a little bit of moisture hitting it, yep. it just turns to ice. Yes, and it I does. saw two guys, in, two guys in Toyota pickups uh, plow into each other. Oh, my oh, word. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I, honestly, Craig, I mean, I, y- you would think... That in today's world with, you know, the speeds that folks are driving and so on, that we would have actually better drivers today than we've had. But, uh, I, and by the way, this is all over the map. I mean, I am, I could do it literally an entire show just on the mistakes I see people doing daily when they're driving. But I, I will tell you still, one of my my biggest complaints and pet peeves, and I don't know how to fix this, is big trucks, small trucks with trailers, Delivery vehicles all in the left lane driving at or below the speed limit. I just I just don't understand why these guys are in the left lane and why their companies, why their bosses don't have meetings that make them not do that. I, I just I cannot for the life of me, Craig, figure out why, as an owner of a commercial company, you would allow your people to even drive in the left lane period. I don't get it. Well, you notice a lot of commercial vehicles have their, uh, how is my driving? I don't hesitate to call them if I, I think they're driving horrible. I will call the company and say, look, unit number, whatever, the guy is driving like an idiot. And I think they're actually, actually, they generally act like they want to know that. Well, thank you for letting us know. You know, they, they don't want Yeah, no, I mean, as a fleet operator myself, of course we do. I mean, if somebody's not doing something correctly, the only way we can fix it is by knowing. But... You know, again, I, I just I don't understand why. And maybe these companies have policies, and the employees are just disregarding it. But I, I you know, I'm way down here today, and you know, roads are pretty well open. But I'm, you know, I'm coming on to 225, and there's a, you know, moving truck in the left lane doing, you know, 64, 65 in the left lane going down 225, which was completely dry this morning. And frankly, Craig, on 225, that's probably five miles an hour below what the normal speed in that left lane is. And then the, the real reason I wanted to call you was to issue uh, probably your biggest challenge ever as far as getting a guest on your show, okay. either on Rushed Reason or on this Saturday show. And that would be, see if you could get the CDOT director to come on and ask, answer questions. Well, the backstory there is we did at one time have CDOT coming on on a monthly basis uh, for a very long time, we did it for several years and had them on on a monthly basis. We had good conversation, and it, you know, one time we'd have several people on at one time. Some of the traffic engineers and so on would come on with us. And once uh, Polis made the change in the upper echelon, there we first of all, a lot of the folks that I knew left mm-hmm. and are no longer there. So uh, Craig, I don't even have any good solid contacts there anymore to even call because of what I just said. Well, again, I, I know you don't want to get on the political side of things on a on a saturday show but uh, oh, i can get on cdot all day long because they don't have, they don't have a clue what they're doing not a well, clue i mean there are there are so many construction things you know craig that i have driven by for the past months plural 
that I can look at and knowing the industry like I do, because it's a lot of what I do outside of what I do on air, knowing these projects are all but complete. In other words, move the barrels, run the sweeper through, get the thing striped and done, and yet they're not. And and the only answer to that is we have poor leadership there. That's all it is, period. Well, I know the the governor, or not the governor, the the mayor, and, well, Hickenlooper as, as, as governor as well, used to come on some of the Right. talk shows and, right. and answer questions, but they, they don't anymore. No, they do not yeah. now, and you won't hear them anywhere, not just on mine. You won't hear them anywhere. And the reason right. being is because they don't want to answer hard questions about what's really going on inside of CDOT. And, and the reality is, I'll tell you, because they don't know what's going on inside of CDOT. That's the real answer. I mean, there's been some articles out lately, just for everybody listening, when it comes to CDOT and just some of the internal corruption that's there when it comes to the way contracts are awarded and bids and so on. And there's some inside information now coming out and you know lawsuits and, and, and other things going on right now that if I was a part of CDOT, first of all, if I was governor, I would be cleaning house. But instead, they put people in that have no experience. Well, it's unfortunate because you have good people working for CDOT. These guys that are out there working in the cold on these highway projects, you know, these guys are earning their money. Agree. And it's it's unfortunate that they have to have poor leadership. Yeah, and again, what I mean by that, folks, is, you know, I, I can tell you different spots in town where literally I can look at the construction, one of them being I-225 onto Parker Road. They put a whole extra lane in where they're going to make a double exit onto Parker Road, and I realize they're working on the ramp now, which, by the way, why they didn't do all this at the same time is back to the back to the comment I made earlier, and they're now working on the southbound exit as it goes up and around to get back onto Parker Road. But even still, Craig, right now, they could easily open up that double lane that's coming off of 225 that they've now got blocked for roughly a half a mile, and, and all it does is create congestion onto 225. Why that's not opened up, I've seen it. I've watched the project. I know when they laid concrete. I can tell you it's cured. I can tell you everything's done. All they need to do is move the barrels, you know, sweep it, move the barrels, and they're done, and yet it still sits there and finished. We should do a that's question. Just one, that's one project, and I can go all around town and tell you others. We could do a question of the day. <laughs> on that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, again, this is because we have yeah. no leadership at CDOT right now. That's the problem. That's too bad. Well, my, my biggest beef is just the general condition of our roads. I mean, it's just uh, – and and I tried going through the, you know, the channels of maybe being able to leave a message as to, like, a pothole. There, I mean, there's some sections. There is a – as you're coming in eastbound from east of Denver – and at the Tower Road exit, there is a section of the the concrete that they have not been able to fix for months. They try to patch it, yep. it breaks up. They try to patch it, it breaks up. They try to patch it, it breaks up. Hmm. I've seen people with blown tires yep. pulled over. I have seen uh, you, you have to make a conscious decision to be in that left lane when you approach that that two-lane section there, because if you're in that right lane, you're going to blow a tire or break a rim or whatever. I got an article Monday I'm going to talk about on my Daily Show where basically there's some uh, legislatures in Colorado that are trying to get some of the uh, transportation funds up so we can get some of these things fixed. But I will tell you right now, they're going about it completely the wrong way. And I don't think at the end of the day, by the time they're done with their fee structure and some of what they want to do to raise money, Craig, that it's going to help anything of what you just said a moment ago, because that money will all go towards other projects that don't involve driving. Well, again, again to get political, they don't want us on the highways. No. They want us to be up. Nope. have to use public transportation. If they, and they're, I understand they're going to go ahead and complete that light rail line between Boulder and Denver, even though there's probably going to be hardly any ridership on it. 
<laughs> Again, that's an RTD issue, so that's not C dot. So yeah, but doesn't well, surprise yes, me. Sir, yes. Does they, not surprise yeah. me. Well, that's, yeah. But that's under that's under the direction of the governor. It is. Correct. Yep. Yep. No, Craig, thanks. I got to run. Appreciate it. Sheldon in Aurora, Bruce in Minnesota. You guys hang tight. We'll come right back. We got a line open 303 477 5600 Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. According to the owner's manual on my wife's brand new full size Japanese crossover, her 3.5 liter direct inject engine might consume as much as one quart of oil every thousand miles. Stop. Hold on. Yeah. One quart per thousand miles. That's right out of the owner's manual. Unfortunately, we see this exact same thing in many new engines. So that begs the question, why are modern cars consuming oil? Where does it go? And what can we do to prevent it? First, we have to understand where all the oil is going. Oil loss can occur in basically one of three ways. First, a good old-fashioned oil leak. Those are the spots that you see out in the driveway. Second, oil loss can occur through evaporation. Modern engines recirculate crankcase vapors back into the air intake through PCV so as to minimize atmospheric emissions. As much as 15% of your oil can be lost to evaporation and still meet current API standards. The last and most concerning cause of oil loss is the introduction of crankcase oil into the combustion chamber via stuck or gummed up piston rings. When this oil is consumed during the combustion process, it leaves behind harmful metals that can actually weld themselves to the piston top or downstream in the catalytic converter. All of these are severe problems, but most of them can be prevented. First, it's critical that you use a high-grade oil at every oil change. In addition to that, the oil must be fortified with a strong antioxidant package like the BGMOA to help the oil resist oxidation through its life cycle, as well as strong detergents to keep the ring seats clean and free from gums and varnishes. Additionally, a product like the BG EPR will clean all of the internal oil passageways and ensure proper combustion through the restored compression and minimized blow-by. As with all vehicle maintenance, an ounce of prevention will surely save you a pound of dough down the road. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Call Novus Auto Glass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money. Novus Auto Glass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. It's simple. Novus Autoglass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and find the windshield repair expert nearest you. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Your home insurance should include the stuff inside your house, too. 
The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance, remains one of very few agents who will sit down with you and ask specific, detailed questions, making sure that in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. After a fire, you won't only need a new place to live, you'll also need to replace your gun collection and your jewelry. In those situations, you don't want to work with an agent you found online. You want to talk to someone who knows you, someone who will take the initiative to call and see how you're doing. Even in less disastrous situations, such as accidentally dropping your wedding ring down the sink, the proper coverage with Paul will make you financially whole. Paul Lewinberger can't relieve the emotional loss of a family heirloom, but he will make sure that you can replace your possessions at their full financial value. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. To combat food inflation, Barber's Foods is offering great deals to help fill your freezer. Prices for soybeans and corn are up, and most farm animals are fed on corn and soy. So it's costing more to feed animals. That's why meat prices will be going up this year everywhere, an estimated 10 to 25 percent. To save money on high-quality meats, head over to barbersfoods.com and click on the Fill My Freezer page to see all of their specials. Colorado-produced ground beef in one-pound user-friendly packages, only $2.99 per pound. Pittman Farms boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breasts in small, easy-to-use packs for only $5.99 per pound. Barber's Foods knows the families that raise and process the meats they sell, so whether it's Pittman Farms air-chilled chicken, the Beeler family Duroc non-GMO pork, Colorado-grown beef, or any of the other meats they sell, they know that the animals were raised right and cared for humanely. Barber'sFoods.com, Colorado native-owned since 1949. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I do appreciate it very much. Sheldon and Aurora, you're next. Hey, uh, John. I, uh, I I drove a van around town for the last 15 years before I retired, and traffic, you're right, is just stupid. Yep. But I came to the conclusion a long time ago, the problem began when they made the second car. <laughs> Get it? Where, yeah, when you mean where families <laughs> had more than one car? Well, no, when when, when uh, the second car came onto the street, that's when the problems began. I, I uh, looked at old videos on YouTube, yeah. uh, trolley cars, that kind of stuff. Model T back in those days, they were running into trolley cars head on. Right. They were running over people on the street. It's yes. Like, to me, it's never changed. It, you're correct. You know? No, you are yeah, correct in that. The second car came out, and that's it. Yeah, no, I can't argue that. You are... You are correct. And really, all we've done today is make things so more modern and really oh, yeah. safe in a way to where I think people you know, feel safer, so they even drive more stupid than they ever have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the comments made, I had a 74 Nova I was messing with, and a guy walked up to me, and he looked at it, and he liked it, and he said, so is it an SS? And I said, no, no, it's not an SS. He said, he stopped for a second, and you could see the gears turn, and he looks, and he finally says, well, the SS has had a 442 in them, didn't they? Uh, no, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, anyway, have a good one, man. Sheldon, thanks. I appreciate it. And, you yeah. know, he's he's actually got a, a great point. Bruce in Minnesota, what's going on up there, don't you know? Well, there you go, don't you know? You bet your boy it's a, it's a balmy 14 below right now, though, I tell you. Oh, goodness. So is it warmer there than here, Bruce? 
Well, when I, I'm the one that sent that minus 27 picture to you. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't. Oh, I, I couldn't see it close enough, so it was minus twenty-seven. So yeah, you're you're a little colder than us. Yeah, just a, just a touch. But uh, next week it's going to be short weather, though. Uh, it's going to be uh, upper upper twenties, lower thirties. Oh, that is short weather. Yeah, you're good. That's all right. How much oh, snow yeah, have you gotten, yeah, Bruce? There you go. Uh, well, you know what's on the ground and what they say we've gotten are two different things. Uh, right now, everything's fairly white. But you can still see in the bean fields. You can still see where they didn't get in there to chisel plow. So okay. You can still see the stocks. So, okay. Uh, maybe maybe four inches on the ground. Sure. But, sure. Know, okay. All right. You know. Uh, now we had uh, emailed back and forth about that grill guard for right. my diesel thirty five hundred. Right. And I didn't really. I did it. Well, not when we talked because it was still in the twenties. Right. So, um, no, put it on now and zip it up. Oh, yeah, I've had it on when it was going to, last week I called and I put it on the next day because, you know, it was still in the 30s, but this week, you know, uh, we haven't, I think the warmest was uh, minus 6. Yeah, it's you know when that when that when that thermometer gets below about 15, it really starts getting cold, and when you see the negatives, it really gets cold. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we didn't, you know, I didn't figure the wind chill, and I walked the two blocks down to the post office. Boy, my face hurts. Oh, I can imagine, Bruce. That's chilly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you said watch the temperature. Now, before I put the the uh, grill, whatchamacallit, on the thingamajigger to keep the what's it right. warm, <laughs> it, my temperature gauge never got up to 210. Okay. And... I'm noticing now it's it's at 210 and it's never been that high before. It's okay. Not gonna so hurt anything. You're fine. Was, yeah. It's working. Yeah. You're okay, fine. No, you're so. fine. Leave, leave it at that. And yeah, and I think you know the reason they those they put a zipper in the front of that is so you can fold it down and you know kind of adjust it as you need to. The technical name for everybody listening, by the way, those are called winter fronts, and a lot of diesel trucks come with those uh, from the factory, and you put them on when it's super cold outside so you can keep a diesel truck you know as warm as possible. That's what they're there for. Well, this one doesn't have a zipper. It just covers the whole uh, front grill. Got it. Okay. If oh, not, if no 90, zipper, then you can just fold down a corner or you know whatever you need to. But you can you can like leave it halfway on too, Bruce. If you need to, you don't have to take it all the way off. It's it's got it's got little clips that go behind the the uh, grill itself, and right. that's how it kind of hangs on. Right. You know, you talk about traffic. Oh my goodness! I, a couple weeks ago, I was at the stop sign. I had to wait for two vehicles to go by through town. I almost went home. That's oh, a lot of traffic, Bruce. Oh, it's traffic just jam. About as bad as Ludafisk. Ludafisk on a stick. Oh, yeah, man. traffic jam. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and man. The other day, I had to I had to wait for a tractor to go by. It just I'm I don't know about this traffic up here. Yeah, boy, it's bad. <laughs> it's <Awesome>. bad. <laughs> Bruce, man, enjoy. It. Stay warm, please, if you would, and uh, let me know if you need anything else, sir. You got it. All right, man. Thanks, Bruce. I appreciate it very much. I do appreciate the phone call and uh, listening to us all the way in uh, in Minnesota. Clint and Aurora, you're next. Hello, Clint. Hey, John. How you doing? Good, sir. I just had a, a comment on that CDOT uh, that you were talking about before. The uh, Well, I, I used to work for the company that sells your son uh, salt for uh, doing parking lots. Oh, yeah. House. Yes. And... And so uh, they are, 
it's a known fact that the lady that runs CDOT doesn't show up for meetings, won't drive herself anywhere. It, 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 it's the biggest mess. It really is, that. Clint. It, it is. No, it, it is. I, I, I don't say that to make political statements. I'm being very real with everybody out there listening when it comes to how our traffic, you know, the, the entire state, you know, Colorado Department of Transportation, how things are being run and the complete total mismanagement of what's happening there and, and, this, and the good people, Clint, that we've lost. I mean, I know some of them personally that have yep. gone into other other fields or other areas or they've just, le- they've just left completely to go do something else. It's a travesty. It really is. Yeah, it, it, there, there's still some good people there uh, with CDOT, but they're, they're – uh, uh, Their morale must be terrible. It can't be yeah, – yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. To, to Steve's point, Clint, it, it can't be good. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I guess some of those people probably stay just because of, you know, pension and the fact they've been there that long and so on, but it's got to be tough every day to do what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's – it's, I, I know personally that it's tough for them, and, uh, you know, they just don't have any authority to do anything, to change anything. So, you know, I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't either. Uh, I really don't. Because, it, you know, we, we continue down the path that we're going, and you look at even, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, Clint, some of the projects, some of the major projects we've got going on, like the I-70 project through town. And yep. granted, there's a great company there. You know, Kiewit's one of the greatest companies out doing what they do. Yep. And uh, I would be really, really nervous if it weren't them running things. But even then, who's keeping them in check? Yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know that there's uh, anybody watching over anything anymore. It's 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 an It really is, Clint. I mean, I I, I appreciate the, you know, the, the the camaraderie here because I I haven't lost my rocker, everybody. I'm not just saying it because you know I, I don't particularly care for the individual. I don't care for the individual because I don't think she has the experience necessary to run CDOT. That's my problem, and she doesn't. That's that's exactly it. Yeah, she has no clue. No, and and it's again. This is not a personal vendetta. I just, you know, I, we all are paying. We're taxpayers. We're paying in to get these things done. And the reality is, they're not because we have no leadership there. Yeah, well, and, and it's an appointed. Uh, it should be an elected so, official, by the way. I think Clint that 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 whole thing I needs change. The legislature needs to make that uh, somebody that runs for that particular department. I believe. I don't think it should be. Appointed, and if it is appointed, it should be done by the entire legislature, not just the not just the governor himself. Yeah, well, it affects everybody's everyday life. That's right. And, I mean, it, well, wait, wait, with one caveat, Clint, it affects everybody's everyday life, except for the politicians and/or the person that appointed her. <laughs> that is one hundred percent correct. Correct. Therein lies the yep, problem. 100%. Yep, one hundred percent. So that 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 you know, we we basically have kings running the state. Not public servants. That's the problem. Yep. Well, that's, yeah, that's, and we keep, uh, well, not we, but people keep voting for them, voting them in. And, yep. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's, you know, they ruin their state and they move here and ruin our That's state, exactly but. right. Unfortunately, you are correct. Clint, thanks. Thank, anyway, I appreciate the phone call very much. Yeah. Thanks for all you've done for us in the past, too. I, I appreciate that very much. Pete and Aurora, Wayne in Nebraska, hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Going into the showroom at Purefoy Chevrolet, one of the things that struck me is that the people that work there, they're just regular people. You talk to the guy that's helping you, and you get the sense of, this is just another person. He wants to help me. He wants to make sure that I get the right car. He's asking the right questions, but without being pushy. I just get a sense that he's really invested in what I need to find for my my family and for me. 
Roly Purifoy is not somebody who would ever brag about himself, but he has an incredible history with Chevrolet, and that's why he cares about those vehicles so much. He's actually been a test driver for some of the models, and he's even had some input in the design. If you just ask Roly some questions about his history, he has the most fascinating stories. He's one of those owners who will just chat with you like an ordinary person. He's just one of those people you really need to meet. I would highly recommend Purifoy Chevrolet. They're a really remarkable group of people. Hi, I'm Roly Purifoy. We're just up the road in Fort Lupton and on the web at PurifoyChevrolet.com. Find new roads. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, myself, Steve Horvath, Gino's Auto Service from Littleton. Pete Narora is next. Pete, welcome, sir. Good morning. Hey, uh, John. It is John, right? Yes, it is. Uh, been living here about 60 years. Just wondering, I'm in Aurora. I'm just wondering, why are a few people stopping one to two car lanes behind the car in front of them? I, I Pete, I ask myself that question every time I see one of them do it. I, I don't know. Fear? That, that's all right. Fear, maybe? I, I, I don't know, Pete. Why? Why do they? Well, well as I was waiting on, on, on hold, I thought, is it a safety measure in case the car behind them hits them? But, John, I'm thinking, I don't do that. I've been driving, you know. Me neither, Pete. Anyways, I mean, I give myself it, room in case of, of what you're talking about. You know, I mean, the rule of thumb when I was in driver's ed, and I still do the same thing today all these years later, is you need to see the tires, the back tires of the car in front of you. As long as you can do that, you've got enough room to maneuver around and pretty much do anything right. else you want to do. But once you're way past that, it's just you're just taking up space. I, I agree with you, John. Uh, you know, quite frankly, it's just a very few people – Maybe I'm expecting too much for them to share the road like you and I share the road. 
But I got to share something with you. Where I live in Aurora, there's a stoplight, and Isla comes down an incline heading west. So the other day I'm at the corner, and I thought of the Mazda commercial. These people are in the commercial that goes zoom zoom. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just. I mean, they're just going way too fast, and it's dangerous. But yep. such is life, you know. Like I like to say in the end, uh, I, I was in customer service before I retired. And I decided, you know, if you just keep the faith and a good sense of humor, you're probably going to have a pretty good day. Uh, amen. Well said, Pete. All right, take care, you bet. Appreciate take it care, very much, sir. Yeah, that is exactly right. Wayne in Ogallala, Nebraska. What's going on, Wayne? Not much, John. How cold uh, is it there, Wayne? It's like uh, one, bo- one below. Okay. About like it is here. Okay. Yeah, same thing. A okay. Bit, maybe a little bit above. Okay. Uh, my, my van has been sitting through this cold spell, and I tried to start it, and it cranked real tight, so I quit on it. Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, when I bought it a little over a year ago, he said he put antifreeze in it, up to par and everything, and I was going to check it, and I never did. And it started last last winter pretty easy, uh, 29 degrees or warmer. Okay. Or in the teens or warmer. But when this uh, zero weather hit, uh, you know, uh, I could, couldn't even get it started. I didn't know about this a couple of days ago. Uh, my friend took me down to pay my water bill, and he told me about this uh, slap-on he- uh, magnet he- uh, heater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know that they existed. So I went around town yesterday and went around town and they were all bought up except for Napa. I'm and sure. he had one and he had one left. Okay. So I had him bring it up. I paid him for it, gave him a five dollar tip because he yep. got out in the cold weather. Good for you. And this is that. And I'm kinda curious, when you slap it on there and turn it on, how long can you run it? You mean how long do you want to run the heater before you start it? No, no. How long? How long you? Uh, how long you have this little block? This little block here on your uh, 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 oil pan. How long? How long you leave it on there? A couple hours, I would do at least. Couple hours, yes. not overnight. Oh, if if I put it on overnight, I'd put a timer on it, Wayne. You don't need to run the electricity all night long. If you run it for two, three hours, that's all you need. You would not have to run it all night. It's got, it's got a built-in thermostat on it. Oh, then go for it. Yeah. Then leave it on. Yes, uh, sorry. A lot of those didn't have that, but yes, in that case, yes, just leave it on. Just leave it on. Yes. Because we'll, I do that with my Dakota. Uh, they're both six-cylinder V8s, or V6s. And uh, I do that with my Dakota, and I have no problem with that. It's got a, just a built-in plug in there for the, okay. in the block. Yeah, you should be fine. Yes. Uh, Yes, I can. I, I, it, it comes special with a heater, but I didn't get a heater on there. So I can, there is no spot. There. It's so tightly built in there. Right. But the only place I can do or put put one is one of these. You should be fine. It should work good. It'll help. Why, why do you have to take it off after you get it done? You lose it? it falls yeah, off, yeah I don't think you'd want to run down the road with it. But you have to crawl underneath every time to put it on. Yeah, that's the that's the downside to those. That's the down deal on it. Okay. Yes. I just wondered about that. Because nope. Good stuff. You're in good I, shape. I Wayne, I appreciate it. Those. Thanks so much for the call, and uh, we'll get one more squeeze in here before the top of the hour break. Bro in Denver, you're next. 
Hi, sir. Right. Am I on right you now? You are. Go ahead. Thank you much. Uh, great show. Uh, there's 92, the Safari all-wheel drive. Uh, I'm uh, kind of noticing in the tranny that the, the oil's turning a brown, and I I pulled the inspection plate underneath where the torque converter. Um, I was just getting some tapping noise, uh, no bolts or hitting any or whatever, but I'm kind of wanting to evacuate the, uh, the fluid, the tranny fluid. So would a guy drop the pan, um, change the filter? It's got 250 on it, okay? Um, and or they have some some transmission shops or what will do the the full right. fluid flush out, change right. out. Do, do you think is one more way supreme than the other? When's the last time it was serviced? Uh, probably not. I would do both if it were me. I would pull the pan first, see what kind of material is down in it. If it's got a lot of material, I probably would button it back up, top the fluid off, and then be looking at doing a transmission in the not-too-distant future and not even flush it and waste the money at that point. But if you drop it, there's not a lot of particulates, and it looks decent other than the color, then I would put a new filter in it, put it back up, and then flush it. But I would drop the pan first to see. But then, uh, okay, so if... If I drop the pan, bunch of oil, is that, I don't know what kind of mess it is. But, it's messy. Uh, it's a mess. It's very messy. Uh, and then get the pan back in place with a new filter. Um, then is it flushed by using a tube that goes in the filler tube? No, you, you the did. The way the, the way the flush machines work or the, you know, the, the fluid transfer machines is a better way for me to say that is you disconnect a cooler line and you tap into a cooler line and you basically are running fluid out and then new fluid back in. Okay, and now is any vehicle going to have a cooler, a cooler line? Yes, all automatic transmissions have coolers. Oh, all they have to. Okay, okay. Uh, I thought it was just maybe for heavy loads. Nope, they uh, all have coolers. You, you, I don't know of an automatic. Larry could maybe answer this better than I. But I don't know of an automatic transmission without one. Mm-hmm. The fluid has to get cooled down some way somehow. And, and definitely, the Safari van has one. Yeah, and, they, and yeah, I, I all all. Modern and even things clear back into the 50s, bro, had coolers. Okay, and in and discussing with you there, I think I recall that uh, some of the lines go to the radiator. Some some yes. lines on the radiator. Yes. So will the will the actual tranny use antifreeze for cooling? No, no, it just uses automatic transmission fluid. You're just using the radiator to cool. The transmission fluid is all you're doing in that particular case. And, of course, there's external coolers that can be added on on top of that that some vehicles may or may not have. Bro, i got to run. We're top of the hour break. But, yes, do all of that, and you should be in good shape. Any other questions, call us back. We're going to take a break. We'll come right back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.